Warning, this podcast has stories of real-life events and true crime that happens every day. These stories may contain adult language and graphic or disturbing details not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. In our society, most people are content to go through their daily lives safely and peacefully. But our society is not always safe or peaceful. For that reason... Some men and women answer a higher calling to defend and protect their fellow man. You probably know someone who is one of these people, or maybe you are one of these people. The ones who see and do the things most people would never want to. These things are sometimes heroic and beautiful, but often they are horrific and terrifying. It's these things they don't share about with other people. It's these things they carry with them, so you don't have to. But when they get together, they talk to each other about them. And they call these stories War Stories. Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. And I'm Chuck. And uh, we are back here for another episode. And this week, uh, we've got a firefighter for you. I, I, I enjoy the firefighter episodes. There's a good rivalry there for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, this was also based on a message we received, and and uh, like our last episode, um, was a registered nurse who sent us an email. This is a firefighter with 24 years of experience uh, who wrote to us, "Hey Skip, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys tonight? Oh, we're uh, we're good. We're it's a little uh, it's a little windy out where I'm at. So if my we're reception fantastic. gets spotty, I apologize. But uh, it's a little communist where I'm at." You know, oh, well, yeah. that's true. That, I'd rather have the wind than the, the Communism, red sea, the red right? wave. Yeah. It smells of urine, feces, and homeless. That's and what communism smells like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, right. I'm fortunate that I live in a state that's very red. And yeah. I live in the country, so I don't have to deal with a lot of the bullshit that the city has. And there is a lot of bullshit. Mostly from Unfortunately. admin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't oh, even man. fucking get me going about that, guys. Oh, oh no, I mean, we've got we got <laughs> brothers and sisters uh, that are are being forced to uh, you know either go on unpaid administrative leave if they don't get the vaccine or get the vaccine against their uh, conscience. So that's that's what's coming down the pike in a lot of these places. So does the administration think yeah. that through? Are they are they going to no. understand that they're <laughs> They're going to trash their manpower, nope. so the guys and women that are left are going to work a shit ton of overtime. It's, well, right now, the guys and women that are left should walk out in solidarity with their brothers and sisters is what they should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a lot of bullying going on, um, beating people into submission, and that's what we're seeing across the country, especially right. in, in, in uh, very liberal states yeah, cities. It's terrible. Terrible business, but Skip, you uh, you sent us an email and uh, you wanted to come on and talk about some of your experiences. Uh, and you've been uh, both a volunteer firefighter and a paid firefighter. Is that my understanding? I was a volunteer firefighter for about nine months. Then I got hired, ah, and that was okay. twenty. It was oh, wow. Yeah, that was about that was twenty four years ago. I got hired. So yeah, absolutely. That seems to be uh, especially in smaller markets. Um, you know, I mean, we've we've talked to LAFD guys and they say, you know, 30,000 people will show up to take the test for like 3000 jobs or 300 jobs, you know. Um, but yeah. with with a lot of smaller fire agencies, the fire agency that uh, was for my city, 
you wanted to get hired, you better prove yourself. And one of the quickest ways to prove yourself was to become a volunteer firefighter and show up to everything and uh, put yourself through the fire academy, be dedicated. Is that something like what you did, Skip? How did that work? That's exactly how it worked for me. I had moved to Kentucky when I got out of the military and I was really kind of like lost, didn't have the connection of being on a team anymore. And my wife at the time, who's now my ex, right? Um, she said, why don't you go down and apply to local volunteer fire department? And I was like, okay, I went down there and, uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I wanted to go on law enforcement and, <laughs> you know, good thing you did. not Yeah. Right. At this point, you know, you at made the point. right choice. Yeah. Right. Um, so I went down there, I grounded out for months and months, went to the Academy. Then they were hiring and they hired me on a spot, gave me a spot. So yeah, you know, absolutely. there's something. There's something about volunteer firefighters and like Tom was saying, approving yourself in, instead of having to go and, and, and apply to 3000, 3000 applicants for 200, 100, 300 jobs, because you actually get to see what you're working with and what you're going to hire with. I think that is a much better option. I get it that bigger agencies can't afford to do that, or they're just not enough time, whatever. But I think you get a better quality of a firefighter that way. Like an apprenticeship I- program. Right. Yeah, because I've no. heard some fucking stories about baristas who have no fire experience, nothing, but because there was some issues of you know nepotism or or cronyism, they weren't getting hired. And they're like, oh, I should be getting hired, and they have zero skills in fire uh, management, uh, you know, forest service, whatever the college courses were to get there. Um, no background, not even EMS, and then they were like complaining, and then they had to change bunch of stuff for a major agency and then now i have a master's a degree in liberal arts yeah i was a barista at starbucks and now i'm a firefighter you know that 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 kind of segues into something we had a conversation at work the other day about how much how much college education do you do need to work the streets and i remember not in a too distant past when i uh in the say in the 70s or 80s Guys, you get out of the military and go right into public safety and yeah. you could do OK for yourself. You could get a decent a decent wage for your family. Now it's right. like, oh, you got to have a master's degree to uh, to ride in a fire truck. It's like, uh, no, not really. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting uh, difference in that, because like essentially the fire academy and the police academy are trade schools. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're going to go to your trade school, the police academy, the fire academy, whatever, and you're going to graduate. And then the OJT apprenticeship program known as FTO (laughs) starts and, you know, your probationary period and all that, that's your apprenticeship program. And then Mm -hmm. when you're a journeyman officers, they, when they take the training, training wheels off, that's your journeyman level. And then by the time you hit five years and they give you a hash mark, you're, uh, you know, the master level of that apprenticeship of that blue collar uh, trade school, you know, it's, it's, it really does track very similarly. And, you know, so do you need a master's degree in business administration? Not unless you plan on being an admin weenie. Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. If you're going to be a chief, if you're going to be a chief, I guess you need a, a master's degree or, or something like that because you're going to be balancing. You're going to be dealing with budgets, right. but to, to work on, to work on the streets. No, we, ha- we have the same kind of thing you guys have. We have, you go to a drill school, then you get to the, you go to your company, and then you're a probationary period, and we teach you everything you need to know. And at the end of that, you get a job or you have to leave. Right. And 
you were asked, then, you were asked to stay or you were asked <laughs> to leave. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So, um, I'm just, I'm just wondering when it's going to be like, we start hiring all baristas and we start hiring guys <laughs> with a, or women and men with masters in like, uh, French <laughs> and think they're going to be a good fit. Well, I think that uh, the, the trend is that admin is actively recruiting for and uh, favoring those candidates. I think that's that's genuinely happening now is the kinder, gentler military, kinder, gentler police department, weaker military, weaker oh. police department, weaker fire department. That's already being recruited for i don't know if it's exclusively the applicants because i still we get emails from people there's some still some hard chargers out there that want to get after it i think it depends Um, on the the area yeah that's that's a big part of it too you know Mm -hmm. i mean up here you know they still want you to go out and like do some police work go to the bigger cities eh, you know wave yeah so well Thanks for coming on, Skip. Twenty-four years on the fire department. You've, I know you've got some great stories. So the, the floor is absolutely <laughs> yours. Uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, I think I want to start with things you should know before you say yes to the job. Um, okay. The, <laughs> the first thing that, uh, here, at least in the state I'm in, is the pay is really low. Okay, for an entry level person. So. You're going to have to take basically a vow of poverty if you want to be a police officer or work in an ambulance or ride in a fire truck. You're going to have to have a second job. At one point, when I had children and I was married, I worked three jobs to try to make wow. ends meet. Yes. So, and I know my friends, I have friends that are police officers to my shame. They work off-duty jobs. They'll yeah. sit, in par- sit in parking lots of bars or something like that, you know, to to get some off duty money. And I wish somebody had told me that. Cause I don't, I probably would have still done it, but I don't, I would have thought about it a little bit more, you know, well, first of all, nobody's going to fault you for having police officer friends. Everybody needs peers that they can look up to. <laughs> holy, fu- holy fuck. Did you just say that to me? <laughs> uh, but no, I help mean, them with technical support. <laughs> what's crazy true, is true. to me, you know, when, when I was talking to my father, about why he became a police officer. And this was the late sixties, early seventies, Adam 12 era. He said, good paying job, great benefits, great retirement, 20 and 20 and out. Like it was a logical, it was, it was as logical as going into the military and doing 20 years in the military. You go into the military at 18, you get out at, you know, 20 years in, uh, you get your pension, you get your medical, you know, it was a logical decision for him. It just made sense. Nowadays, I'm just shocked to hear so many places around the country, like you're saying, you know, these cops have their full-time job as a, you know, their thankless full-time job as a police officer. And then they got to go work security at fricking the mall or at a nightclub or a bar. And ex- I mean, the, the level of risk as a cop who has to do something like that off duty and then you get screwed by your job. Well, you shouldn't have been at this bar working security. And yet you have to, to make ends meet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that. It, to me, it's obviously bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that over there? That's clearly bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. I've seen I mean, bullshit before. That's what it yes. looks like. So in 1997, when I walked in my first firehouse, I was making $8 an hour. I wow. took home. I took home a thousand. I took home. <laughs> 
I took home a thousand dollars a month and I had kids and I was and trying what, to make what, a mortgage uh, payment. Let's do, let's do this by comparison. Uh, you were making a thousand dollars a month with kids and a mortgage. What year? 1997. 1997. So just for reference, boys and girls, my father has told me that when they bought the house I was born in, he was scared about making his house payment because he only made $750 a month. So in 1977, my father made $750 a month working for the Los Angeles Police Department. 20 years later, Skip is a full-time firefighter for a police agent or for a fire agency and can't even can't make double that. You can make what one one third more of that. Like you make an extra 250 bucks a month. 20 years of inflation and it's an extra 250 bucks a month. That's ridiculous. Crazy. You know, and a thing I struggle with is like my kids, I did the best I could. I worked as hard as I could, but it's like, I wonder if like, you know, my, my dad's a fireman. That's great. But we're, we're lower middle class at best, you know, and I haven't really talked to him about it. I guess I should someday and be like, what do you, what do you think about that decision? And when money was tight, you know, and of course we played credit card roulette. I don't, yeah. which one are we going to pay? Which one are we going to pay this month? You know, which, which one, uh, let's not use the phone. Cause the bill collectors are burning it up. Uh, I, I just don't feel like somebody that's going to risk their life to have to deal with that. But no, absolutely not. No. And you know what? Sadly, there's a trend with that because even, you know, that was in, in the 90s and now we're in the 2000s, 2020. And in 2000, you know, 2000, mid 2000s or mid to now, like 2010, whatever, there was still that that problem where officers were getting paid $35,000 a year in major metropolitan cities, getting paid shit making you know eighteen hundred dollars a month uh making eleven hundred dollars a paycheck every two weeks you know making twenty two hundred dollars a month depending on their skill level their education whatever coming in and and that was in major metropolitan cities and not even in middle america um where the cost of living is a little bit lower and these were in major areas so you're having people on probation having to have other jobs and it's just it's crazy that the trend of putting your life on the line is worthless and getting paid, you know, jump change to sit there and protect someone else. I think that's, that's crazy. And it shouldn't ha- be this way. And there shouldn't be that trend of police officers, firefighters getting paid get money to do a very dangerous and respectful and honorable job. And just to give you guys an, a, a, a kind of a, <laughs> an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, I looked it up. The median salary for a manager at Home Depot is $102,000 a year. The middle 57% of Home Depot managers make between $102,000 and $260,000, with the top 86% making $570,000. To manage a fucking warehouse. I'm so going to Home Depot. <laughs> that's more than I make now. <laughs> well, you, well, guys, you know that's a, that's a little it's bit disheartening. Because I'm shutting the, I'm a, the podcast, uh, we're all going uh, to Home Depot. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I'm a captain with 20 plus years experience in in the pay in the pay scheme, and I only make 81,000 base pay. I have to work my ass off in overtime to pump it up to the six figures. Right. So and. I know some people are going to be like, cry me a river. If I can, wah, you, you, life is so hard for you. It's like, but 
You're not away from your families all the time. Your sleep isn't fucked up. You don't have You've never held a kid's head together. Oh, fuck, man. Well, here. So one day I was sitting at the firehouse watching the squirrels around out fucking side, wondering what's going to happen to us next. And we get a report down the street that a kid had got run over by a school bus. And we're like, oh, fuck. Well, we get there and his body is in the gutter and his head had exploded. And literally his brains shot out the top of his head. He was a, a young man who decided he was emotionally disturbed, decided he was going to get off the school bus while it was going down the street. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. Oh, and, and of course, um, yeah, he, he fucking killed himself. I don't, I don't know if he was like going to just do a stunt man role. You know what I mean? But he slipped and he went under the real dudes with his head. And I'm and like that, you know, $80,000 <laughs> a year for that. I mean, you oh, know, there are people there are people right now that if you said I will give you eighty thousand dollars to go deal with that would say absolutely no problem. But I think a lot of people go, no, no, uh-uh. I'm not even doing that one time. Nope. No, I mean my first run, my first run is a career firefighter, a two-year-old had been run over by a school bus. Oh and we had God. to pick her brain, we had to pick her fucking brains up. Mm-hmm. One of the guys wouldn't get off the truck and never came back. Yeah, I'm like, I what mean- the I was like, Am I fucking cursed? You know, you, years later, Jesus. yeah. Are you yes. the school bus king at your department now? Ah, oh, fuck! I don't, half of the guys don't even know that story. I'm such an old fuck. <laughs> that I just we had a guy we stuff. called Doctor Pepper for the for the amount of people he pepper sprayed. So, oh How yeah. do you go from seeing something like that to working three different jobs? Like that must be super yeah. difficult. Hey, I, I just got done at work. Now I'm going to go be security at Safeway. Well, <laughs> it's the chickens have come home to roost. I've, I've got some problems and I'm getting help for it, but of course I'm a guy, right? We fucking push that shit down, push it down guys. You know, the older guys, don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. Get back out there. You know, what's wrong with you? And that doesn't work because you're, you're a pressure cooker. Oh yeah. That, that, that doesn't work. And it, it affects my personal life with my old lady. And I, you know, she had enough of my bullshit. So I had to do something about it, you know? And, and they always do. Why do you think I, I was told very early on in my career, I've said this before, uh, that you're not truly a cop until you grow a mustache, drink coffee and get your first divorce. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was there. right. <laughs> yeah. You've grown a mustache, you drink coffee and you've been divorced. That, then, hey, maybe that's why I had to medically retire. I never got a divorce. Let me let me say some of this for the toll. And it goes along with your skein, Skip, about the toll of this life. Uh, I've been doing this for about 10 years. Um, I, w- I give, I give blood regularly. Um, you know, I'm great, good Samaritan, whatever, but they constantly track your heart rates and blood pressures and all this other stuff. And, um, I ended up having a blood pressure scare. Almost thought I was having a heart attack, whatever, yada, yada, whatever. And I started mm-hmm. tracking all this time I was working, what my blood pressure was. It was 140 over, over 90. 150 over 90 145 Damn. over you know 88 you know and yeah, it was constantly it was kind of kind of high it was it was yeah. high blood pressure you know what i mean and then i get injured and then i have my, my blood pressure shoots up to like 160 and it was because there was some work stuff that i was dealing with um from from um some issues that they were trying to hammer me on and it was really 
causing my anxiety and, 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 you know, blood pressure to shoot through the fucking roof. Ended up going to the doctor for it, diagnosed with high blood pressure. And then I've been off for about six and a half, seven months right now. And then I just, for the last three months, began my blood pressure tracked, tracked, and it's now finally 120 over 70, 120 over 80, normal blood pressure. And I'm like, there's a correlation. There's a correlation with this job and what it, what it does to you. And I got to say that the, the, the heart problems are the silent killer. And you need to really take that into consideration if you're, if you're looking at a line, a job in this line of work, because your body will take a toll and sometimes you can't see it. It either is going to be mental or it's going to be physical, but physical, sometimes you can't see, or it's going to be both. So. No, I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Um, like tomorrow I'm going on duty and I'll probably sleep like shit tonight. I don't know what it right. is. I sleep like shit the, the day before I go on shift and I come in and I probably see three guys that I work with. that would be like, man, I slept like shit too. What's going on. And I'll be so glad I'm retiring in August. I, I was given an ultimatum. I, I announced it. And then my uh, hustle sergeant major told me that it's going to happen. So August 1st, I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm retiring he's like yes you are <laughs> that is in fact correct <laughs> so what do you yes. think was one of the toughest things that you've experienced in your career that has allowed you to grow from it that would allow other people to grow from it oh i've got this one guys so i've got this intense hatred for leg riders in the organization like i can't fucking stand a suck ass i cannot stand it and probably halfway through my career, I had to testify in a hearing against my boss because he threatened one of my guys in his career. And as a result of that, I was banished and stuck as a lieutenant. Well, a new chief came in and asked me why I wasn't a captain because I'm doing all the work. And I was like, you know, sir, um, you probably don't have, you, I'm not the one to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> and he he promoted me and another guy who was over, we were in a spank machine, man. We were in a fucking spank machine. They were, they were never going to fucking promote us because they hated us, the bosses. And during the time I was going to testify, my wife at the time was like, can't you just keep your mouth shut? Can't you not say anything? And yeah, I was like, me? no, <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't even fucking know why she said that stuff. And I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it, man. That's that right there taught me a valuable lesson. If you're responsible for people, you've got to stand up for them no matter what, even if you're going to take a pinch in your career, you know, and it sucks. I get it. you got bills. You want to, if you want to move up, make more money and stuff. But as a leader, you are responsible. And sometimes you might have to throw yourself under instead of train, a train to take care of people. That, that's a big lesson I learned. And it's, it's stuck with me. Like, I'm not popular with people that run the fire department because I'll ask why and I'll be like, I, I'll, I'll disagree with them, you know, which insecure yeah, no, that, leaders, that, yeah. in, insecure leaders don't like to be fucking questioned about their yeah. stupid shit. They say in public yep. at all. Mm -hmm. So that was a big lesson for me. And yeah. I, I found what got me in trouble was looking at them and saying, is that an order? <laughs> 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 and it was just one of those like subtle things where I'm like, everything you just said is bullshit. However, I am completely 100% willing to do it. You just got to tell me one thing. So I left all of that off the first part. And I just said, is that an order? 
I'm sure they love uh, that man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go get tickets today, guys. Is that an order? Right. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. We just want you to and, make the area safe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a big thing I learned about that. Take care of your people. If you take care of your people, really, and they know you give a shit about them, not somebody that's a, a fucking sh- a, an ass kisser that's going to be like, say all the right things, but doesn't follow through. Your people will walk through minefields with you, not for you, with you, and not question it at all. I, I wish people would understand that. You don't get to read a fucking million books. No. You just take care of each other. You know? Yeah. Just, just fucking take care of people. And, and if somebody fucks up, what was their mind when they did it? Was it an honest mistake or were they just being a fucking prick and they were being lazy? Because I'm not saying let shit slide. But if somebody really made a mistake and it's like, I, I fucked up, I, I, you know, then you, you, you deal with, you take care of them and you correct it. Yeah. yeah. Did you have yeah. a thought process or were you just a fucking idiot? If you right. had, I can work with somebody who had a thought process and made the wrong choice. I, I cannot, in fact, work with a fucking idiot. And well, I can because I'm proving it every day of my life that I continue walking this <laughs> earth and going to work every day. <laughs> However... <laughs> No, absolutely. If you're if you're fucking lazy too, I, I can't stand that. I didn't do it because I'm lazy. Fucking, you need to go somewhere else, man, and sell ice cream or whatever. Fucking clean up a porno theater, whatever. I don't know, but no, you don't belong here with us. So yeah, no, that's not a lazy profession. And eventually, like I understand burnouts, but but uh, you know there are guys fresh out of you know the academy, fresh out of FTO. You know they should oh be young, God. hard chargers, and they just you know they'll milk mm-hmm. that barking dog call. So they don't have to take a burglary report or something, you know, you just, like, yeah, Chuck's, Dude, I cannot Chuck, tell yeah. you. Oh my fucking God. I cannot tell you how many new boots like, well, I'm, I'm not on probation anymore. Like, yeah, but you only have two and a half fucking years on the goddamn job. Get out there and handle the goddamn calls. Well, what about you? I'm handling my area. Motherfucker handle yours. Well, I had to write this report. That's a fucking petty theft. that takes two seconds to write. Deck that shit and go get another call. I'm not handling yeah. your calls anymore. Here, file this report. <laughs> you know what though? You know what though? I'll say this: like, like that's on him and everything, and it it does affect the whole shift. But I can only imagine. And skip it. You can you can tell me if I'm full of shit. But it seems like it would stick out a lot worse when you're living with a dude for three days straight. Oh, I can imagine. And and uh. you can see for 72 hours just what a lazy fuck he is. During an entire three day stretch at the station house. Yeah. Um, we're lucky. We work 24 and 48 off. But if you work overtime, you could be with a guy for a long time. And absolutely, man. You, I mean, it's magnified. I, I don't know what you chuck where your shifts are. The police were in Louisville where I work. I don't, I'm not on Louisville fire. They work 12 hour shifts. And right. I, it, that the would police? be fucking, yeah, the, the police, fire. they work. The police. Oh, I thought you were talking about fire. No, we. Yeah, nah, the, I work twelve-hour shifts or ten. Yeah, depending on the. Yeah, watch. they work twelve hours. I work one day on, two days off, and that goes back to the days of when we didn't have respirators. It might take that long for the carbon monoxide to get out of your system, but it, they've kept it. So I'm down with that. Oh well, all right. You know, work a day, get two days off. Fucking yeah. right. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to do that? Right. Actually, how a couple. Is, there's some guys that string together. You know, like. 
they string together six, seven days, and then they take two weeks off. I'm, I would be about that. <laughs> I'd be about that. Working twelve week, take two weeks off. No, no, no. Like twenty four hours on work. Just live at the station oh, for yeah. a week, and then take two weeks off or three weeks off, whatever it is. Anyway, so so what's the worst? Um, for you guys, what's your worst problem? Is it, is it, do you have a lot of medical aids? Do you have a lot of residential structure fires? Is it really rural? So you don't get very many structure fires? No, we're, we are in a suburban serve. Like we serve a suburban area. A lot of, it's a giant bedroom community with businesses in it and shit like that. Um, Probably like maybe a hundred, 200,000 people depends on if offices are open and stuff like that. Um, well, obviously, we enjoyed the heroin epidemic quite a bit. Not really, <laughs> because I mean, fuck, man. If I don't hear it 20 times on the radio that somebody passed out in a car, still, I don't hear it once. So a lot of our work is medical runs, a lot of it. Sure. So, yeah. But I'm not sure if that's a commentary on, on the society that the firemen are having to help EMS. So, I would say that's pretty I would say that 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 uh, medical runs in, in most areas are going to be the primary uh, calls for service, and then um, and if you work in a lot of a like a like a major city, you're going to have a lot of medical runs uh, that include um, you know shootings, stabbings, and overdoses, and then very rarely do you get a structure fire. I mean, and when you get structure fires in major metropolitan cities, they're huge. When you get a structure fire, no matter where they're at, they're nasty and they take a really long time to clean up. But from what I've seen, most of the fire uh, guys are doing medical runs. You know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it, you have to, I mean, you have to, and let me say this, yeah. our EMS brothers and sisters are often overlooked and underpaid worse than fire and police. And they, they deserve a lot of, Kudos. Oh, it still boggles my mind how very little uh, an EMT makes compared to like to what they have to do. It's it boggles my mind. Uh, oh, we, every time did. we talk to an EMT and they tell us, oh, "No, we don't make shit." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that sounds about right." <laughs> and to listen to their stories, guys, they see probably the three of us might equal equal a paramedic in a busy city as far as trauma goes like all the shit they see constantly man constantly. like there's constantly. no rest and their call volumes are through the roof so they're running there's no break they have to eat at gas stations or in hospitals or something like that it's yeah. ridiculous you don't always need a cop you don't always need a fire truck but you're probably gonna need an ambulance when shit goes sideways mm-hmm. and those absolutely guys all of it all of it yes so. yes what um as far as like your, the bulk of your calls, you said heroin and stuff. Was it uh, a lot of deaths or was it mostly just hit them with the Narcan and move on? Okay, so this is not based on any scientific evidence, but I feel that every time the it's been it's been a cycles, and I feel that when a new batch of heroin comes in the area, you guys would probably speak to this more than me that. They don't know how to titrate it. They don't know, you know, they'll give themselves the same dose and it might be stronger. And then there'll be a spat where they're really fucked up. We have to do a bunch of Narcan to give them to breathe again and stuff like that. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, that, that's, that's one thing with the heroin epidemic I've seen. Is, what, do you, yeah, did, what do you think? 
I'm sorry. Go, go for it, Tom. No, I was just going to say, it seems, it seems like, you know, that was a lot of that, uh, you know, the, the oxys that were so popular in the early two thousands. And then, uh, you know, as, as they made it harder and harder for the kids to get the, you know, the oxys, they all had to transition to, to heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And you know what, Skip, what do you think that your, one of your toughest calls was that you, that you grew from, or it still bothers you to this day? Oh, this is easy. It's, this is fucked up. We walk in a house and it is a woman's holding a dead baby. She gives it to one of the guys I'm with. He starts doing CPR and at the ambulance gets there quick. So he fucking goes out and jumps in the ambulance with a baby and they take off. I go to the hospital. We go to the hospital, pick him up. And I'm walking to the hospital and I walk in here. I go, where the fuck is he? You know, it's like, this is a big, this is a big, I'm gonna have to walk around for a while. I wasn't mad at him. I was just talking to myself. I was like, where the fuck is he? And then I hear this scream. This is like fucking like a, like a soul wrenching scream that won't stop. So I'm like, he might be there. I walk around the corner and he's staring at the mom who is being restrained by four nurses they're like they're like they're not holding it down but they're like hugging her and shit like that and she's right, right. staring in the she's staring in the bay of the er at her dead child and he's he's such a fucking super awesome dude he he wouldn't move i was like come on bro you gotta go he wouldn't move so i had to physically grab him and like drag him out of the er man i that was i'll never forget that as long as i live there is not enough drugs or talk therapy that's gonna make me forget about that shit just the sound of her screaming it it cut right through me i mean yeah. Oh fuck, that was terrible. Um, I don't know. We've talked I don't about know if sounds I... and smells being these triggering devices for memory, where you know you can tell a story and you can talk about it, but when you get to the part of the story where you talk about what you heard or what you smelled, it it takes it to a totally different level. I mean, something about adding those senses into the the experience when you hear you know this this blood curdling scream or you smell a dead body or you it just it changes it so i i'm gonna i'm gonna say something i know you guys know what i'm thinking about the show hoarders i can't watch it. oh oh i can smell that show through the tv oh you can too bro because my me and my lady were watching it and i was like i can't watch this anymore and she goes why it's like because i'm having fucking smell flashbacks no shit like i can I mean, it's it just terrible. I can smell what the house smells like. And she's looking at me like I'm crazy, which may not be an inaccurate statement, but I can't watch that shit, man. I'm like, nope, I'll watch, I'll watch something else. You know, it's imagine, imagine the smell of cleaning out your rain gutters and finding a dead animal. Like, <laughs> it, <that's, laughs> like it's, it's the, anyway, I can watch some of the episodes <laughs> when they're just like, when they have just stuff, right? But when it gets into the animals and the mold and the BC, I'm, I'm like, I'm out. Nope. Can't do it. And I can chuck it. I, th- I have a feeling you would just be sitting there. Good. Oh. <laughs> 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 Dude, I've already, I've been there. I've done that. I've, I got to step outside. <laughs> you know, and it happened when I was a child. It, and it's when it started like bad gag reflex. Happened yeah. with a, some some hair phobia, and then turned in when my uncle died. I had to go to his house and clean it out, and just the smell of his death everywhere got to me. And then I got on a job, and then just got worse and fucking worse and worse. And I was like, "No, nah, I can't. I know my limits. I'm good. I got enough time. I'm not doing that shit. I'm not going. Yeah, no. no, 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 no. 
have you guys been well versed in um the smell of uh cockroaches and nasty fucking apartments? Like oh, absolutely. Like, you shine a light and they're like Oh, the camera. No. How about so, you shine a light, shine a light and they don't fucking run away. They just oh, fucking shit. stay there, man. Yeah, look at you. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> Anytime I smell something musty, it immediately brings me to cockroaches, feel dirty, feel the crawling on my skin. And I'm like, nope, 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 not doing it. And my wife gets mad at me. Like, say we left, uh, we're like just tired and we're like, okay, well, we're just going to clean up the dishes in the morning. Wake up in the morning. I'm like, this has to be cleaned. This has to be cleaned. I'm smelling it. It's, it's in our house is super clean. But that smell that, that started that mustiness, I'm like, I can't do it. There's cockroaches. We're going to have cockroaches. There's fucking cockroaches. Clean it. Do you want ants? Because this is how you get ants. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck ants. Yeah. So we got a report one day of a woman who was, her family hadn't heard from her. So it was a welfare check. We get there. The police get there. And we're like, huh, beating on a door. And we look and all the shades are down. We're like, what the fuck? And this is not what you think is going to happen. It happens. So we're like, fuck, man, what should we do? So the decision was made to break the front door open. Well, the normal way we do it, the door wouldn't open. So we had to take it, break it at the hinges and take the whole door off. What we encountered was a wall of clothes that was approximately five, five and a half feet tall. At the top a of that was like of clothes, not like hung a up, wall of clothes. Like, like No, dude, just a pile. piled on piled. At the top of this, there was a space for somebody to, to, to climb up and then go across the top. So basically, the house was fucking full except for a two-foot space where the person, like, slithered around. Ugh. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, who the fuck's going in this? What are we going to do? And my, my uh, the guy I was working with, he left to be a police officer, so. I'm not even going there with that decision. But he <laughs> well, fucking. This call probably turned him. <laughs> he, gra- he, he grabs my arm. He goes, he goes, dude, is that a leg? And I'm like, what do you mean? Is that a fucking leg? So I'm stealing with this pile of clothes. And sure than fuck, it's a leg. But the leg's upside down. It's pointed, the shoe, bottom of her foot is pointed to the ceiling. What happened to this poor woman is she opened her door. And shut it, got on a little stool and jumped up to the top of the pile. Well, it shifted and it fucking inverted her. She was hanging upside down and she died upside down by a oh. wall of clothes that pinned her against the door. Oh, shit. Killed by the horde. Dude, she got fucking crushed by a pile of fucking clothes. Dude, she that's died. a new one. Killed by clothes. I Literally, new one to me. Killed by that's clothes. A thousand, thousand ways to die. That's right. Like you got killed, you and, jumped on a pile of clothes and died. <laughs> like yes, and it's fucking. You can write a that into an episode of CSI and nobody fucking believe you. They're like, no, nah, this is bullshit. This is someone killed it. Someone killed it. No, closed it. Yeah, it fucking shifted and it pinned her, and she fucking. I don't know how long it takes oh. to die hanging upside down, but it can't be good, boys. Well, it can't I be can, good I, at I all. I guarantee you, she went out pretty quick. All that blood uh, just stuck in her head, but I oh guarantee you, she did not die very quick. You know, no. she's probably brain dead before she was actually dead. Ooh, yeah. Christ. So Yikes. we get her, we, we peel her out of the clothes and it's like, well, who's going to go in and check? And we all be, me and the, we, the other guys are like, I'm not going in. And this police officer fucking sacked up 
and jumped into the yeah. house, <laughs> got on the pile of clothes and shot in the house. And I was like, he came on. I was like, you the man, dude. But I think you should probably burn your fucking clothes. And <laughs> he's take gonna, a really he's good shower. Sorry, I'm wearing my <laughs> shitty uniform tonight. I needed a new uniform. This way the department will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was I mean, I ain't even going to lie. That I had a <laughs> shitty pair of uniform pants. I wore them on every terrible call till they ripped. And then went to the bar. Hey, uh, these pants ripped on a call. You need to pay for them. <laughs> yes. Yes. So clothes can kill you. No That's shit. Right. True story. That's crazy. Yeah. I, those hordes, man. I Again, if anything was, was going to keep me out of the fire department, it, that that's one of them. I mean, let's, let's go back to my original statement way, way back in our early episodes. Uh, fire is magic and I can't shoot magic. I, I, that's, this is why I'm a police officer. Uh, you know, it's, I don't mess with wizards. And as far as I'm concerned, fire is, you know, shit, the shit of wizards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can shoot a bad guy, right? You can't shoot a bonfire. Uh, no, and fire has a mind of its own. Yeah, it's and it, it was it Robert De Niro's speech in Backdraft. It hates, you know, like that. That's how mm-hmm. I view fire. It's smart. It I don't I don't play with it. Uh, <laughs> you can't. No, never. But uh, you know, if if fire being magic alone wasn't enough to keep you out of the fire department, uh, a good horde, the first good horde I ever went into, would have been sufficient. And, uh, you know, one of the stories I tell uh, quite frequently is walking up to a house, middle of summer, it's been triple digits all week. Grandma, you know, check the welfare on grandma and the family calls. So they they send the boot, you know, the training car up to handle it. And I was originally dispatched to it. And the training car is like, oh, we'll take it for training. Like, sweet. So I head up that direction anyway, just to see what they have and uh see if they're code for and as I, I pull up there's the fire truck and then there's the training car and i get out of my car and it's been like i said 100 degrees all week and i walk up and there's a fire captain walking out and i know this guy very well his name was also tom and i said tom what's going on i'm gonna i'm gonna head in and see how the training car's doing and he just shook his head vigorously it was like no no and i'm all really and he goes no i'm also grandma didn't make it he goes yeah he no don't go in if you don't have to go in there you don't want to go in and i'm like seriously and he goes yeah i i went in there and i turned around and walked right the hell out and left all the rookie firefighters in there i don't know i don't want to be in there Uh and so then i later on saw the pictures and it was you know the black bloated leaking you know you guys know exactly the time i'm talking about and I, i i swear to you to this day i i didn't go in that house but i know what that house smelled like just from those photos Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nope mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if you really want to uh, know what that smell is if you're just you're curious you're like what does a dead body smell like <laughs> go get a metal bin stick it the fuck outside go get a big hunk of fucking meat maybe throw some eggs in there and, and take maybe some other other produce <laughs> take a shit close the fucking <laughs> bin and leave it for about for- a year come yeah. back no, no, that's too that short. Shit. Like nine months, because a year it might start mummifying. You need that, like, just no. gross enough. Yeah, you could do nine months. Nine but months. I can tell you, my experience with this, a year, perfect. But <laughs> okay. nine months, okay, go to nine months. Open that motherfucker and just take a big deep whiff. 
Yeah. Where everything on the inside is disintegrated. There's maggots. There's everything. It's gone. There's nothing left. That fucking stench will coat the inside of that bin, that refrigerator that's been left out on your father's property forever. And he makes you go (laughs) clean it. True story. Hypothetically. And you smell that, and you're like, oh, that's fucking that. And it makes you gag, and you vomit all over the floor. And then fast forward to years in police, in police uh, experience and stuff like that, it's the same fucking smell. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's really it, – it's the kind of smell that gets on your soul, right? Like, like, you know, some smells get on your clothes. Some smells get in your hair. This one actually gets on your soul itself. It's a spiritual you have to smell that carries – Dude, it gets in your, if you step in it, if you step in rotting flesh or anything, throw away right. those boots, throw away your yep. clothes because it nope. will infect everything. You cannot wash the fuck you out. Never that not smell it. It's yep. like the oils or something that permeates it, sticks. Yep. Yeah, well, yeah. that's, in, that's interesting. That coroner girl could probably speak about this, but I think like I've been to gooey people and I see people looking at me weird afterwards. Like we go to the grocery store and shit like that. And I wonder if I smell like a corpse to them. Somehow it stuck to my clothes or something like that. And I usually go back. I usually go back and take a shower and wash my shit just because it's like, yeah, I mean, I can smell it. Like, I feel like if I don't take a shower, even if I can't smell it, I can smell it. If that makes sense. No, it, yeah, it does make sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Skip, I, I wanted to uh, say we always give our guests the chance to uh, dedicate their episode to uh, someone, and you had a, a special dedication for your episode. Uh, sure. So go ahead. i like to dedicate this to Kevin Waters. Um, Kevin passed away probably 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago. And uh, he was a really good guy. I think the job, the job got him. Let's just put it that way. And okay. He's not with us anymore. Well, uh, rest easy, Mr. Waters. We got it from here. I take it he was a firefighter with your agency? Yes, he was. He was a good friend of mine. Yeah. Well, uh, rest easy, brother. We got it from here. Not all vin- injuries are visible. Let's put it that yep. way. And uh, No, absolutely not. Death by a thousand cuts is still death. So, yes. Uh, yes. Know, whether, it's, whether it's my theory of choir practice is group therapy with a, with a six-pack or whether you decide to go and actually see somebody about it, whether you decide to uh, become a peer counselor, you know, Chuck, Chuck can tell you this from firsthand experience. Many times becoming a peer counselor helps you more than you realized. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it uh, allows you to see through another lens and it allows you to really take a step back and help other people. And then that in turn, will make you reflect back on yourself. Yeah. So I, I just, I want to tell people not to, not to get too bogged down in their own, in their own BS. Um, and, and I, I also <laughs> wanted to uh, make a mention of the fact that uh, we always appreciate having firefighters on here. They, they keep us cops grounded, keep our egos from getting uh, too big and out of check when we get to speak to firefighters and we think we're really cool. And we're like, we get to drive code three. And they're like, we get to drive code three. And they're like, we're, we, we, uh, we have badges. And they're like, we have badges. And we're like, oh, we, we have lights and sirens. We have lights and sirens. Uh, well, you know, do you get to sleep on duty? Nah, shit. That'll get us fired. Ha ha. They win. Right. <laughs> hey guys, we eat till we tire. We're eat till we, we eat till we tired. And then we sleep to a hungry. Think about that. 
<laughs> so chuck did you have anything as we're closing out because i know we got some updates uh as and this this is this episode is coming out the week of thanksgiving so happy thanksgiving everybody double, double. Um, i am hopefully eating solid food again because as i've said on locker room i have to have some dental work done i'm not looking forward to um uh, so uh if those of you that uh see me personally on social media if my face is a little bit swollen that's why um Either that or I'm I'm gaining weight and <laughs> I need to slow down eating. And this maybe this dental work will be good for me. Yeah. So uh we have we have some stuff that's hopefully gonna get here by Christmas. That I can't I can't say what it is. It's really fucking cool. We have a limited run of them. It's enough I've for everyone it. to get one. It's pretty cool. No, it's not it's, enough for everyone to get one. <laughs> no, no, no. We we have enough for, not for three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, six thousand people. We have right. enough for dedicated people who really want to get it, I am going to yep. promote the fucking shit out of it. And if it does great and it has good success, it will come back very soon. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we have, will, it's, um, it's such a hot ticket item. I think we're going to have to establish like a place for people to register to get one. Um, yeah. Because I think when we announce it, it's going to be one of those, okay, we're announcing it. We know we, they're in the first, you know, X number of people can order and get one. And because it's pretty cool. So, and I don't know when we're going to offer it again. Right. And, and if for some reason we sell out really quick and if, if a bunch of people, you know, write in like, Hey, I would like, I would like, I would like one, we'll just set up a pre-order and then we'll get to X amount and then we'll run another order. Um, we have that coming down the pipe. Um, uh, we do have, uh, shirts in our, in our website. So click the link in the bio on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, it has links to everything, podcast, everything, uh, especially our website where you can go and get stickers, patches, as well as a shirt. We have a new patch that's about to be, uh, um, about to be here. Um, that'll be pretty cool. It's a PVC patch. And then, um, we have a new design that we just finished. Um, that'll be pretty cool. Um, I'm probably, we're probably going to be putting it on a, on a shirt. Um, it, and we'll see. We'll put it out to you guys here in the next coming weeks. Um, I think this might be something cool that we could de- either do in a pre-order, depending on if people want it on a sweatshirt or if they want it on a long sleeve, or we'll just make a run of shirts on it. But uh, that's been that's pretty cool. That's all done. Um, Following us on social media always helps. Sharing yeah. the podcast always helps. Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, all all of that. You know, go on to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, I've seen people, those of you, uh, one of you recently had a friend ask, what are your favorite podcasts? And it lets us know that you tagged us in it and suggested us uh, as a podcast. So we really appreciate that. Uh, you know, awesome. and, and, and the more people support us uh, privately, the more we can keep these podcasts commercial free. Uh, we do like to keep the lights on, but Chuck and I do this out of the goodness of our hearts at this point. It actually costs us more money to do this than yes we get. So um, doing the t-shirts and doing the, this, the special stickers and patches and stuff like that, that helps us keep the lights on and, and keeps our wives from being mad that we're taking away from their, uh, you know, jewelry fund and shoes and <laughs> other and such Christmas. fineries and Christmas. <laughs> Christmas gifts. So, yeah. yeah. So, but I thought I would give a little hint if that's okay, Chuck. I want to yeah, get a little go hint. for it. Um, and this is of the the artwork that we just had created that we're going to be putting on something, correct? Yeah. And I, no, this was the the one you ordered. Give okay, a yeah, go for it. I'm the one you ordered. Uh, so I asked Chuck if he thought this would be a good Christmas gift. And he said, we'll be. <laughs> so see if you can figure that one out. 
figure it out. It's, it's, Jesus, it's guys, funny. you should just you should just show you just show it. All right, I mean, come on, <laughs> we'll show it real soon. So, we'll again, we'll, thank you for we'll coming out. on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but thank you for literally, me, I just gave you a great hint, and if you really get it, you'll get it. Skip, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it, uh, and we always we always love it when our listeners reach out to us and we're able to have you guys on because that's what the show's about. It's not our stories. It's not. It's it's really your stories. It's everybody's stories. Let me know, say like, one thing before we close out. Um, yeah. Real quick, we've been shadow banned. Um, we've oh yeah, been shadow banned for about a month and a half. Yep. We've, I've been trying, Tom's been trying to get us out of it. Uh, for some reason, Instagram, Facebook fucking hates us. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because we've posted some stuff about vaccines and stuff like that. Just trying to put out news to everybody and in current events. Oh, well, I guess we got in trouble for it. Uh, yeah, our so last please. episode, I had to spell the word vaccine weird just so that oh, Jesus. We are, really? I spelled it, yeah, V at symbol XX1NE because, you know, our last episode was spelled that way just so that we wouldn't get freaking banned for typing the word vaccine into the title of an episode. Right. So if you see stuff, please share the shit out of it. If you're on Facebook, share. It's really easy to share. If you're on Instagram, uh, share it, tag us and shit. Um, yeah. get, get the name it out helps, there. Share like, it to all your people. The more people that see it, the more they're, they can't shadow ban us because it's just exactly. Yeah. It's it, so we appreciate it. Yep. Anyway, uh, and I think again, thanks, Skip. We appreciate it. Did you have any final words as we close out? Any last minute advice for? Uh, you said things that they got to know before they they pick the job. It's not advice. It's just a comment. Let's okay. go, Brandon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I I would like to say that I, I whoever Brandon is, wherever Brandon is, I would like him to go. Let's go, Brandon. I, that's let's how go. I'm changing the chant, right? It's not let's go, Brandon. It's let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it. <laughs>